Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. Is any team in the NBA built to beat the Nets? A Big Ten showdown that lived up to the hype and then some. Plus, can LeBron carry the Lakers while Anthony Davis is away? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Nets didn't have Kevin Durant. They shoot under 29% from three, and the L.A. Clippers get a combined 63 points from Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They should win, right? Maybe they should, but they didn't. The Brooklyn Nets held on to beat the Clippers 112-108 thanks to 37 points from James Harden. Joining me now from Locked On Nets, Adam Armbrecht. And Adam, the thing that I that I come back to every time I watch this Nets team is I just don't see the team out there that when they play their best, they can beat the Nets at their best. Do you see that team? Yeah, listen, this this West Coast road trip, as uh, and thank you for having me on as, as always, but as Doug Norrie and I have talked about on Locked on Nets, this West Coast road trip for Brooklyn really had all the question marks that that any fan could not want to see. And it goes back to a loss against Detroit on February 9th. That's the date that every Nets fan is going to lock down. Nets were embarrassed defensively, the effort, all those problems. They go on a six-game win streak. They sweep their West Coast games, and they do it in a fashion without Kevin Durant in many cases, and in most instances being outsized across the board positionally. And they do it with effort, with hustle, with the, the little fine details, and, of course, on, on the strength of two of the best scorers in the NBA today in James Harden and Kyrie Irving that are continuing to develop their chemistry. And you saw it in this win over the Clippers, where as good as the Clippers are, at full strength, they could not stay with Brooklyn for four quarters. And I, I don't see a team out there right now that's going to be able to hang with them, especially in a seven-game series. Is there any concern that when you bring all three of these guys back, that there is this, oh, there's only one basketball? That's that's the, the common counter to all of this. Is there any concern on on your part that the chemistry part of this, because we haven't really seen them a lot together, that that is going to be something that they have to work through, whether it's in the playoffs or or that it could cost them ultimately down the line? Yeah, seven-game sample size with all three of these players on the court, so obviously you, you want more of that uh, before you get to the playoffs. But the benefit probably for Brooklyn is that they are in the Eastern Conference. So you know, this team is talented enough just on paper alone to walk into a first round matchup and say, yeah, guess what? We could even work out some of our kinks over another four or five games as we get underway. But in terms of the, the, the one ball scenario, not really. And it all hinged on the decision that James Harden actively made when he came over to Brooklyn to lean into his facilitator role. When Kyrie Irving says, hey, you're the point guard. I'm going to play off ball. It's going to free me up even more. You're just seeing these guys really lean into it and hiccups like bad losses to a team like Detroit potentially could say, hey, how is everyone going to come back from that? Even DeAndre Jordan has reinvested his effort and energy and focus. So you're seeing complete buy-in across the roster. I just think that all three of these superstars have the exact same mindset of what they expect to accomplish, what they want to accomplish, and everything else is just going to kind of take care of itself on the fly. 
Coming up, a Big Ten showdown unlike anything we've seen recently. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball. Baseball is going to be here before you know it. Hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Minnesota Timberwolves have won just seven games this season, and last night they decided it was time for a change. Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves here. Breaking news, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Timberwolves have fired head coach Ryan Saunders after a 7-23 start. Sham Sharani of The Athletic reports that the Wolves are hiring former Toronto assistant, current slash former Toronto assistant, uh, Chris Finch to be the new head coach of the Wolves. He was the associate head coach of the New Orleans Pelicans the last few years. Before that was an assistant with Denver. Certainly the timing is surprising, especially hiring a coach from another team midseason. The Wolves did interview Finch a couple of years ago before ultimately hiring Ryan Saunders. A little surprising they didn't promote associate head coach David Vanterpool to the role. Going to break this down on Lockdown Wolves tonight. Still lots to like about Chris Finch and what he's done in the past. Uh, with Nikola Jokic in Denver, with Anthony Davis in New Orleans, big men who can pass, big men who can dribble, who can handle the ball well, and also offenses that rely heavily on cutters, will be a perfect fit for the Timberwolves. Going to break down what he's done in the past, the timing of this move, everything around it on tonight's Lockdown Wolves. Be sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Wolves for all your Timberwolves news and analysis. The Raptors took down the best team in the East on Sunday. Hey, Sean Woodley from Lockdown Raptors here to break down the Raptors' 110-103 win over the Philadelphia 76ers on Sunday night. And look out, the Toronto Raptors are very much coming. They've got four straight wins now under their belt, including this one, who is 16-15 and 15 on the season, their first time over 500. And this one, the big takeaway is that they really just manhandled Joel Embiid in this one. Embiid goes 6-20, of 20, and they threw a bunch of different looks at him. To start the game, they went small. They were throwing double teams at him. Didn't go super well. Then they went super big to close this game, finishing the game with Aaron Baines, Chris Boucher, and Pascal, Pascal Siakam in the front court, along with OG and Nobi playing the two. They just went massive and contended with Embiid in the Sixers' size with size. You couple that with some incredible play from Siakam and Fred VanVleet, combining for 46 total points, 12 boards, and 17 assists between the two of them, both kind of trading off turns, running the offense, kind of whoever wasn't being guarded by Ben Simmons was really taking over the action and had their finger on the pulse of the offense at all times. And now the Raptors continue to look excellent with Kyle Lowry still coming back soon. He's been out with a thumb injury the last four games that they've won. When he comes back, this team is going to be super scary. Things are falling into place. Aaron Baines has found a role off of the bench, offering really productive minutes. DeAndre Bembry's fitting in as a really nice role piece. Norm Powell had a tough night tonight, but he had 31 on Friday. The Raptors are looking very much like the Raptors tend to do in the regular season. I'll have it all broken down on Lockdown Raptors on Monday morning. So tune in. 
Novak Djokovic won his ninth Australian Open early Sunday morning, rolling over Daniil Medvedev 7-5-6-2-6-2. It was Djokovic's 18th Grand Slam title, which now leaves him just too shy of Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal in the Grand Slam standings. And speaking of all-time greats, Tiger Woods had his fifth back surgery back in December of 2020, and on Sunday he was non-committal over his plans for the Masters in an interview with CBS's Jim Nance saying, God, I hope so, but I've got to get there first. I don't have much wiggle room left. I've only got one back. Here is another story you need to know. Juwan Howard called it a boxing match, but it's not the kind of boxing match we're used to seeing in the Big Ten. The number three Michigan Wolverines took down the number four Ohio State Buckeyes 92 to 87 on Sunday, a very un-Big Ten-like score. Joining me now from Locked On Big Ten, Ben Stevens. And Ben, this Michigan team has been unbelievable all season. They look like a legitimate Final Four and, and national title contender in the Big Ten this season. This is not, I mean, this is seems like there's a paradigm shift here with some of these great Big Ten teams that have embraced a little bit more pace and space. This is not, you know, your older brother's Big Ten. Absolutely. I mean, you saw that in the pace of this game, Peter. There was a time about midway through that first half where the teams were a combined 61% from three between Ohio State and Michigan. I mean, the Buckeyes ended up with 87 points falling to Michigan, but they shot 50% from three. So if you're looking at this box score and you're like, how did Ohio State lose this game? It certainly wasn't their offensive output. A few mistakes late, and we've seen Michigan time and again be the team to be able to close in crucial moments. That's why, like you mentioned, Michigan is for sure a Final Four contender, and I think they are up there with the likes of Gonzaga and Baylor really on that same line. And you're seeing a little bit of a change in the Big Ten Conference, a team that has perennially been at the top of the league standings, Michigan State, has had a very down year in East Lansing, although a big upset win over Indiana on Saturday. But you have teams like Michigan, like Ohio State, who have had success in their basketball program, no doubt. Even Illinois making that run up to the market. And now you see Iowa up on the top of the league standing as well. You have these four schools that are really the faces of the Big Ten Conference when it comes to the national landscape this season. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because one of the things that we have seen over the last half decade or so is this coaching turnover. And and Juwan Howard is the big name, but he's not the only one that has changed here in the Big Ten. And now we have this you know, changing of the guard, it seems, with some of these schools being able to come in and compete in ways that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, and Juwan Howard inherited a great program from John Beeline. I mean, Michigan was in the national title game just about three years ago. So what he had in place was then an ability to build off of that. And you know that Jawan Howard's guys love playing for him. Isaiah Livers said last week after the comeback win over Wisconsin, whatever he says, we believe in him. We believe in his mentality. In my mind, Peter, Jawan Howard is the national coach of the year because of the job that he has done in his second year at the helm in Ann Arbor for this basketball program. And Michigan is playing on such a high level, such a high pedigree of basketball that you have to look at Jawan Howard as the coach of the year at this moment. And if Michigan continues the success in a March, I think he will certainly seal that deal and be the national coach of the year when all is said and done. LeBron may have broad shoulders, but can he carry the Lakers while AD is hurt? Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And why not? When you've got names like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, salted caramel, double chocolate, all of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. And yet, they're low calorie, 
low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It is a miracle of modern science. I'm telling you these things are the best. I have tried every protein bar on the market in my life. Nothing holds a candle to Built Bar. They truly are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Since the L.A. Lakers lost Anthony Davis, including the game that he missed and went out against the Nuggets, the Lakers are one in three in those contests, and A.D. is still expected to be out three, four, five weeks here with the Lakers chasing back-to-back titles. The question is, can LeBron carry the load? Anthony Irwin from Locked on Lakers is here. Anthony, this is a lot to ask for a guy who has been doing it already, playing a ton of minutes. Can LeBron carry the load? And maybe a better question is, should he? Well, those yeah, those are two kind of very different questions. I'll start with whether or not he can. And offensively, I want to say yes. You know, you would think that one of the most gifted offensive presences, if, not just in basketball, by the way, but like in the history of sports, I think, the, the, the one, he's one of the guys that makes more positive offensive impact than just about anybody in any sport. And you would think that, yeah, that guy should be able to, to carry the load here for about a month or so. Uh, but the problem is the Lakers aren't hitting any of the shots that he's creating. So they, they're shooting uh, below 30% basically from three-point range or at or, th- at or below 30% from three-point range since Anthony Davis went down. And so it doesn't really matter what, kind of shots uh, LeBron can generate. Nobody's knocking down any of the open looks that he's giving them. And if if that's how they continue to shoot, then no, LeBron can't actually carry the, the, the load offensively. I think the should question is potentially more important. And, and I want to give you a chance mm-hmm. to respond to that. But when I look at this, especially in a COVID season, I mean, we're going to have fans. We're already seeing fans trickle in. We are not assuming that by the playoffs or by the finals that we're going to have full arenas, but there will be fans. If you're the Lakers, I don't understand why you're going to push LeBron's minutes. I know that LeBron wants the MVP, and he wanted it last year, and he's wanted it basically every season for the last decade because he thinks he deserves it, and that's all well and good. He probably did deserve it a lot of the times that he didn't win it, but it just doesn't seem like the smart thing to do, and because I mentioned the COVID part of this. If you're not going to have full buildings, then home field really doesn't matter that much. The home court advantage is mitigated if you're going to have, you know, even 5,000, 8,000 fans in an arena. It's just not the same. So the Lakers, I mean, if they're the four seed, who cares? The Lakers don't, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) The Lakers and LeBron James specifically is not worried at all about playing any team in any arena uh, come postseason time. So I, the, the one thing I will say, though, is I think the Lakers would be extremely reticent to play in the play-in tournament should things go super bad and they fall off of a cliff here in the next few weeks. They don't want to sit there in, in spots 7 or 8, let alone 9 or 10, and where your entire season gets whittled down to 
a short little series to decide whether or not you get to actually play in and then, you know, eventually face off against the top seeds in the Western Conference. So if they if you were to inject them with some true serum and 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 they were being completely honest, that's where they would start to get a little nervous as if they if they wound up there in that seven or eight spot. But I just I don't see things going that poorly in the next month or so. And and with that notwithstanding, whether they sit at the two spot or the five spot or the six spot, that just there's no real difference to them. And and so because of that, I don't think they are going to push LeBron. And finally, Julius Winfield Irving II, better known as Dr. J, turned 71 today. Irving began his professional career in the ABA, the American Basketball Association, with the Virginia Squires and the New York Nets. Widely regarded as the greatest player of all time, widely considered as the greatest player in the ABA's history, he's often considered to have been the main catalyst for the ABA-NBA merger in 1976. The six foot seven, 210-pound small forward also played for 11 years with the Philadelphia 76ers, leading them to the NBA title in 1983 and causing thousands of children to go out and try those absolutely ridiculous layups trying to pull Nerf balls because most of us don't have hands like Dr. J. Now that you've got your news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Tuesday, can the Lakers get anything rolling without AD? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.